Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. It's 5 o'clock on Friday, and as we've done since the basketball season started, we visit with Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal. It's presented to you by Jim's Place Grill in Collierville, the award-winning Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal on the Tigers basketball beat. Brought to you every Friday by Jim's Place Grill. Over 100 years of charcoal grill steaks. Over 100 years of celebrations, family time, and lasting great fun memories. Recipes that date back to the beginning in downtown and now in Collierville at the railroad tracks at Poplar and Houston Levy. Online at jimsplacegrill.com. Don't forget the E in Grill. The Terrace family with their touch for our community in every state. Grill perfectly over an open flame. Come to Jim's Place and taste and see and feel the difference. Since 1921, a Memphis landmark with hard work, values, and a dedication to their diners, the Terrace family, they've created that that memorable dining experience. Lunch hours, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Dinner hours, Monday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9.30. Lunch menu like the staples, like the souffle ma, the shrimp cocktail, the crab cakes, and the salad dressings, all homemade at dinner, the calamari, the soups, the seafood, and the steaks that they're famous for, ribeyes, fillets, and strips. It'll be packed all weekend. Come and enjoy that fantastic bar area at Jim's Place Grill in Collierville. Jason Munns, first, congratulations. Well earned on the awards, mm-hmm. and you you have nailed it. The paper has nailed it with the Tiger coverage, and congratulations to you. I know it's a lot of hard work in it. I appreciate it, yes. It is. Uh, it, it's this is not scripted. We have not had a pre-interview, uh, but you could not have segued into a little anecdote that I picked up while I was on the road yesterday any more perfectly than you just did. Uh, you're talking about the hard work. I went to uh, check into my hotel yesterday afternoon when I got to Raleigh. I stayed in Raleigh, uh, checked in to the hotel went to a couple of record stores in Raleigh and then made the drive over to Greenville about an hour and a half. And then after the game, drove the hour and a half back, got up this morning, flew out. But when I checked into the hotel, I ran into John Fanta, who is Mm. uh, sort of the up-and-coming play-by-play, TV play-by-play, college basketball play-by-play guy um, for CBS Sports. And uh, it was just the two of us in the lobby, and I, I introduced myself. And, uh, and, and, you know, he asked me, you know, uh, who I work for and everything and what I do. And I told him I'm the Tiger basketball beat writer for the commercial appeal. And he goes, Ooh, <laughs> he physically winced. Yikes. Um, and it was like, not, not so much, not like, you know, Ooh, Memphis is bad. It was just like, right. you Battle never, pay wins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you never sleep. I no. mean, I, I, he even said something like that. He was like, he was like, uh, uh, do you ever not have your laptop or your phone? And I was just like, no, no, it's, never. It is, it is, uh, it is constant. But, and I was thinking about this even before the, uh, uh, before that stuff was announced earlier this week about the APSC stuff. I, uh, I, I, I wouldn't, the alternative scares me to death. The alternative of, you know, covering a program where it's like, I might have news once a week, maybe, um, you know, or once every, you know, a couple times a week, maybe, uh, that 
scares me to death. So I would, you know, it, it, it is grueling, but it's incredibly rewarding. The consumer, the reader, appreciates it, Jason. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I appreciate them more than more than probably more than they appreciate me because without them and and their passion and their uh, uh, you know without the fans and the readers and the subscribers and all that stuff, it wouldn't be I wouldn't be here. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's all for them. Well, Jason, some of the breaking news that you've had to uh, keep an eye on recently has been uh, Malcolm Dandridge and the uh, team keeping him out from games because of this investigation going on. You reported yesterday that he was not with the team for the game against East Carolina. He did not travel to Carolina with the team. And I saw some fans um, in your comment section, some fans uh, at other places trying to say that that to them was a bad thing, that since he didn't travel with the team, that that meant bad news. Do you view it that way? Did you did, did, did anything stand out to you with the fact that he wasn't with the team yesterday? Was that just kind of basic protocol? He can't play. He's not going to travel with the team. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it was anything more than just the way. So it was, what, I think two years ago with Imani Bates and Landers, mm-hmm. Nolly, and, you know, all the drama that went into that season. Um, and there were a lot of injuries that season, uh, you know, with, with, I think Landers missed some games, Jalen Duran missed some games. Obviously, Imani was, uh, was, you know, he was, he had a finger thing, then he had a back thing. And, um, it, I, I, I distinctly remember, though, that season, Penny sort of adopting this policy that if you're hurt, you're not coming, if you're like, if you're injured, you are not going to be coming on the trip because, yeah. There, there's, there's, you know, we, we've got to cut out the, um, just sort of extra stuff. Like we, this is, this is, uh, crunch time. This is do or die time. I need everybody Locked in business trip. Yeah, exactly. I need, I need laser focus from everybody. And, you know, it's, and it's not like a knock on Malcolm Dandridge or, you know, whoever it was, Landers Nolly. It's not a knock on them. It's just sort of human nature. If you aren't playing and you know you aren't going to play, well, you know, I mean, that's the other thing is these, these, these are young guys. Like, it's human nature to sort of, I don't know, uh, like not be engaged if you know you aren't going to play and that sort of thing. To be clowning in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that sort of thing can be contagious. And so I think that, that's that's my understanding for why he was not there. It, it didn't have anything to do with it. wasn't like a sign of uh, of anything, really. It was just, you know, again, a couple of years ago, Penny adopted this policy. And, um, this is not injury-related, obviously, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, I don't think it was anything more than that. I support the coach 100% on that because you're right, Jason. It, it is just natural human nature. If you're not in the arena – the horsing around could could increase, and that could that could infect others. Is is this the conclusion? Are we coming to the end of five years? You on the beat, nineteen twenty, the first year. Yep, this will be the end of my. This will be this. Yeah, we're gonna finish my fifth season. Wow. Okay, incredibly loaded question on March one. Where is this team compared to those five teams? Is it fifth? Is it first? Is it second? Where would it rank of those five teams on March one? 
like how good it is or what, mm-hmm. how, how how good is potential it? they have um not potential how good is it heading you know just, just right now to this date hmm i would say probably second i think last year was uh you know from like a nuts and bolts wins and losses um uh, you know, just just overall quality of the program and the team and the resume. Um, I think last year had it. I mean, I know that they didn't beat Houston until the uh, conference tournament championship, but um, but you know that team was really really kicking some butt there. It, uh, it was my favorite Penny team last year's team. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it, it. It was the most grounded. It was the least turbulent. It was, um, you know, I mean, it didn't have sort of the marquee wins that this team has or that other teams had. I mean, you know, they went to Knoxville and beat Tennessee a few years ago, um, and 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 that was great. And uh, two years ago, they went to the NCAA tournament for the first time in ten years, and. Uh, beat Boise and, and had Gonzaga uh, uh, on the ropes in the second half, the number one overall seed in that year's tournament. But, like, I think last year was, was to me, I don't know. I just, that, that to me just felt like the most stable, the most dependable, the most reliable, the, the, just the, the quality mm-hmm. uh, uh, was, was on March 1st. Uh, I think I think last year's team was tops. Um, I would say this year's team is probably second. Um, yeah, I would say this year's team is probably second to, to last year's team. So now three straight wins for the Tigers. Uh, the the dominant performance against Charlotte, then uh, the really good performance against FAU, and now the win last night against East Carolina. I know Penny Hardaway kind of talked about uh, from that really, I mean, embarrassing performance where we were all questioning if they had given up against SMU and then to now have these three wins. What have you seen that, that has changed with this team since that loss against SMU? Well, I think they're really, I think their pride finally got, like, hit rock bottom mm-hmm. after that SMU game. And I think that's what had to happen. It feels like to me, that's what had to happen if there was going to be a turnaround. It wasn't going to be, oh, you know, they lost to Rice uh, at home. Uh, it, it wasn't going to be, oh, we blew a 20-point lead at home to South Florida. That stuff, in the moment, felt like rock bottom, and you could argue it was in one way, shape, or form. But I think getting embarrassed the way they did against SMU and it wasn't see a lot of, I think I think it's I think the conversation around that game is sort of there's there's been um, it's uh it's been a little flawed like I think there's a lot of people who say the team gave up the team quit in that game I don't think I, I think it's more nuanced than that mm-hmm. I think they had their will taken away from them first and foremost they were getting whipped and then they quit. Both things are true. Like they weren't they didn't just quit. They right. were getting their butts kicked really and then point. they quit. And I think that's an important distinction in that conversation, but I think that again, that's what had to happen is their pride 
needed to hit rock bottom. And I think that's exactly what happened against SMU. And, you know, I think we, what we're seeing now is uh, the reaction to that. It's like, hey, like, what are we doing? Um, this, we, we've got to stop this. You know, this is the last ride for a lot of us. And, uh, and, and we want to, you know, we want to make some noise. We don't want to go out like this. And then the other thing, the basketball part of it, to me, is unlocking Naquan Tomlin. That's, mm-hmm. that's his emergence. It's no coincidence that as he has emerged, um, the team is, is, uh, much better. In his last four games, he's averaging 18 and a half points and I think 6.7 or 6.8 rebounds a game in his last four. Um, and I know one of those, obviously the first of those four games was the SMU game, but what they have now with Naquan Tomlin, it, it, you know, when you, ha- I think there is a huge difference between having two guys and having three guys. I think there is a huge uh, elevation from having a one-two punch and then having a three-headed monster. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing now is, you know, for so long it was David Jones and Javon Quinterly. And, and which is great. Like, last year was great. Kendrick Davis, DeAndre Williams. One of the better one-two punches in the country. But if they'd had a three-headed monster last year, imagine how far they could have gone. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing now is uh, Naquan Tomlin is getting a lot more comfortable. Everybody's getting a lot more comfortable with him. Um, and, uh, and, and now they've kind of got that three-headed monster. And you don't have to play Kelvin Sampson and the Houston Cougars hmm. twice in the next 10 oh, days. Nice. No, no, you don't, although you might. I was actually talking to somebody about this uh, uh, a little while ago today. Um, like, there's, there's so much that could happen over the next week and, and that there's a conceivable uh, scenario where Memphis plays at Boca at FAU on March 9th, uh, the the Saturday, the last the, the regular season finale, and then has to turn around, and their reward for actually getting the double buy, which is what they're striving for right now, they're sixth in the in the conference standings to get the double buy. You get you got to finish in the top four. It's like, uh, congratulations, you've gotten the double buy. Now you get to play FAU in the quarterfinals. Um, like there's a scenario where that that could happen. Um, not by any stretch of the imagination. Am I comparing FAU to, to Houston? Houston is, um, it, it is, it is very, I, I would imagine, I mean, you know, the competitor in Penny Hardaway, I'm sure would love to, to still be playing Houston, uh, meaningful games against Houston in March, but it, it, I'm sure he is also on the other hand, uh, quietly thinking to himself, Whew, uh, like don't it, it, don't have to see them again uh, for a while, and so um, and so yeah, I'm I'm sure that's uh, that's bouncing around in his in his head somewhere. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Talking to Jason Munns, the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. As always, he's presented by Jim's Place Grill in Carryville. Well, last night after the game, uh, talking on the postgame show, uh, Nicholas Jordan told Dave Woloshin uh, that his plan was to return next year. You talked to him after that. I know it seems like in this day and age in college basketball, nothing is ever finalized, uh, but how big would that be to have a guy like Nicholas Jordan back next year? Um, well, huge. I mean, especially considering what was it just a couple of weeks ago, there was the, I mean, and I know, you know, fans are fans and they let their imaginations run wild and they have their defense mechanisms and all that sort of thing. There was a lot of people just assuming that based on the way the season had turned, that everybody was just going to leave, that people were, uh, inevitably people were just going to be fed up with this and, and and they were going to take off, and so we were just all going to have to start from scratch. And and I'm not saying that that's not largely. I mean, it's entirely possible that. Uh, I mean, who know? Again, who knows? Nobody knows anything, really, at this at this stage. But it's it's conceivable that Nicholas Jordan is the only player from this year's team that returns, uh, and it's back next season. But um, I personally, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And but I will say that there was some conversations sort of off to the side over the last couple of weeks that maybe uh, Nick Jordan decides he's going to go possibly play overseas. Like, he, you know, at the time he was playing really well. He sort of hit a little bit of a slump before he, um, you know, had a good game last night. But uh, there, was some, there was some chatter that maybe he was going to go play overseas and, go ahead and start his pro career. I mean, he's older. He had a year in prep school, and uh, this is his fourth yeah, his fourth season of college basketball. Um, you know, he's not from here and all that. And, you know, but, but it, you know, that's what he said on the radio last night. And uh, I gave him a little grief because he said it, like, literally seven minutes after uh, he had talked to, to us. <laughs> and I was just like, why didn't you tell us? But um, but it was all in good fun. But no, having him come back, and and the way he phrased it to me when I did catch up to him was, that is the plan. So mm-hmm. we all know what happens with plans sometimes. Oh, yeah. But as we sit here today, I think it is a huge shot in the arm to have, he will be a uh, fifth-year guy. He will be in his second year in the system, in the program, and he's already giving you, you know, some of the best minutes from a non-star that maybe you've had out of anybody yeah. uh, during your tenure, if you're Penny Hardaway. I mean, maybe, I mean, he's not putting up, like, the same type numbers that Lester Quinones eventually started to put up, but I would argue that he's in that type of conversation. You can count on him. Yeah, like with everything that he brings from the hustle and the defense, and he can hit the three, he can catch lobs at the rim, you know, he can rim run, he can rebound, he can he can do so many different things and he's he's you know, I just I just think it's a huge shot in the arm to have him uh committed i mean it's kind of like a verbal commitment yeah. uh to have him verbally committed to come back next year jason game on sunday against uab owe them one take care of business sunday 
Then you got the run up to FAU down there next Saturday afternoon, and then the travel and the planning gets a little crazy. Next week in that ta- in that that work time, what would you prefer the Tigers work more on out of these two options? I know they're going to work on everything, but on these two options, what would you prefer them work on? Playing against a zone defense or implementing some zone a, a little more zone principle? Oh, gosh. If you'd asked me that a week and a half ago, I would have said, hands down, implementing a zone defense. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, know, I said it this? during the open date, didn't I, Brian? I sure did. But how, yeah, but how about this? They gave up 58 points to a team on their home floor yesterday. And I know East Carolina's not, they're not great, um, especially offensively. Right. They're, they're like, the, the only reason they're 500 at all is because of their defense. Um, but, again, on their home floor, you just held them to 58 points. Uh, what they held uh, Charlotte to? 52 points, mm-hmm. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And that's a Charlotte team that was, at the time, in second place in the standings and still is tied for second place in the league standings. Um you know, I mean, FAU is one of the most powerful offenses in the conference. I think they're second in scoring offense right now, still behind Tulane somehow. Um, uh, they hold them to 74 points. Um, it, it, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that pride thing. Uh, they're playing with, with more pride, and, and the defense has uh, picked it up. So I guess if I'm, if I'm picking one or the other, I would, I would say – uh, dial in on going against the zone, like figuring mm-hmm. out you're gonna see a how to, yeah, figuring out how to attack zone defenses. I mean, because like I said, the the defense they've played the last week and a half has been pretty good. And I think I asked Naquan Tomlin about this uh, last night, as a matter of fact, because he has really stepped up his defensive his his game on the defensive end, and uh, you know he says. He, he reminded me because I'd kind of forgotten about it when he got here. He was on a bum ankle, mm. um, and you know those tend to linger and they take a while to uh, to get over. And he's finally over it. He said um, he couldn't like exactly pinpoint when he felt like he was at a hundred percent, but you know he's uh, he's he's playing really really well uh, on both ends of the floor, and you know maybe having a better a healthier Naquan Tomlin is is the key to unlocking, you know, to the, the key to solving their defensive issues. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be working well. Uh, Sunday afternoon against UAB, what do you expect to see as the Tigers look for revenge against the Blazers? And uh, what's your what's your score prediction? I don't have the score prediction in front of me. Uh, I will look it up while we talk. But I think so. I th- I thought this was interesting. The uh, Yaxel Lindeborg, who had like 23 and 15 or something mm-hmm. against Memphis in their first meeting, like his his play, like he's still playing lights out. Like yeah. he's still sort of uh, owning everybody uh, since that since that game. Um, I think you just have to, you know. I mean, obviously you gotta you gotta try your best to slow him down. Try your best to. Um, remove him or at least uh, uh, 
put him in a different part of the equation. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you can remove him. But the interesting thing is Eric Gaines, their sort of top-notch guard, um, scored 20 points against Memphis in the game at Birmingham. In his last four games, he has scored six points, two points, six points, and zero points. Wow. He played 27 minutes at home against Wichita State. Wichita State, which is, I think, next to last in the standings right now, held him to zero points. They shut him out. So if you, if if that's like, I mean, it's obviously a trend. Like, he's not producing offensively, points-wise anyway. He's still, you know, facilitating, but he's not scoring points. I think if you can extend that at least for one more game, uh, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. I just looked it up. Um, my prediction was uh, Memphis 85, UAB 69. I think Memphis is just clicking right now. Yeah. It's the last home game of the year. It's senior I'm night. It, it's mm-hmm. revenge. It is, you know, Penny said it very clearly last night when I asked him. I was like, you know, as the game was getting in the in the waning minutes and you guys were not taking your foot off the gas what whatsoever, was a little bit of that the net. You know, I asked him, I was like, was a little bit of that, uh, the, the net factor into that a, a little bit at all? And he goes, you have to think about the net. <laughs> have to. They're, they're making you. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're 79 in the net going into the season. You, 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 you have to, you're, you're running out of opportunities to get that corrected. Now they beat them by 24 points, second 24 point victory in a span of eight days, by the way, um, and they've gone, they've gone up like 20 spots in during this three game winning streak. They've gone up like 20 spots in the net. They're at 72 today. So, um, so I think, I think, again, they've got a lot of momentum. They're playing really well on top of that. Uh, and, and they all won. And I think they're going <laughs> to, I think they're going to put it on them. Yeah. I'm with you. It should be a really fun afternoon on Sunday, and uh, we'll see you there, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thank you all. Thanks, Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much. That was a long night and early morning for Ooh. Jason Munns for him to to be this bright at 525. Yeah, no, I mean, that's hey, – but like you said, I mean, with, with this job covering the Tigers, I mean, he is going, Never going, ends. going, because um, there is always something newsworthy going on with this team. and. It, it, it's covered just like it, the Grizzlies it, it are. It is, and and I'm I'm so glad it is um, because you look around and there are a lot of teams. You know, Brad. I as much as I like college basketball, I'll go and try to find out things about these other teams and look at at beat writers and stuff like that. And there's just not that much access at at other places and that much coverage. Compare the 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 pro towns with viable co- Marquette doesn't get this. Mm-hmm. Georgetown doesn't get mm, this. No. Houston Cougars no. don't get this. Tulane sure doesn't. Mm. LSU doesn't in the New Orleans market with with, with the Pelicans. Um, I bet in San Antonio, Texas doesn't get get no. get, get get anything close to this. Not Austin. I, sure. I, I know. I know they. I know they do. Uh, but uh, I, I, I would dare say UCLA doesn't. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, you're probably right. So we are very lucky with the coverage we have here. Um, on the Tigers with with both football and basketball. It's really, really good. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. 
Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. Johnny Hill producing us as always. And as always, we're in our family leisure studios. About 30 minutes left in today's show. Brett, you had a scheduling nugget for the Tigers that I'm very interested in. You kind of teased that to us off air during the break. So I'm, I'm curious what it is. Here it is. In the preseason, we went W's and L's. You and Johnny Hill both said 23 and 8. Mm-hmm. If they win the next two, the Tigers will have gone 23-8. How about that, Johnny? Hey, man, just a lot of – hey. Wow. Beginner's luck, man. Well, for me, it is. Well, for you. (laughs) Circuitous route to get there, but you got there. Hey. Last year I I had 23-8, and and the Tigers got there. This year I had 24-7. and That's Mm -hmm. been long gone for a while. But 23-8, and 7 Not far off. At least we weren't out there at 29-2. and two No, no. And 30-1 and like some. No, I mean, that was, Seriously. Just, that was just crazy. I mean, you mix how tough Memphis' non-conference schedule was with just the fact that you're going to get scuffed that, up at That's the circuitous part. Yes. We, 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 we kind of missed on the nine, we and did. it was much better. And then in the conference aspect of it, that has been that roller coaster, and we go back mm-hmm. to that Rice game. You yep. can even go back to the to the game at Tulane. I just h- hard to believe either one of those. Certainly both, and it would it would be easy street to be in the tournament. Maybe sure. not, you know, it, w- w- with a great seed. You change those two. Now I know we're getting into a lot of changes because there were narrow wins. Sure, narrow wins. win at Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Narrow win over Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, the the narrow win over Clemson. SMU, but, a narrow win. A, a, a SMU. But, but you you change home against Rice and at Tulane and just have one of those two in Texas. Sure. Then then the seed really improves. And that's Absolutely. that's what a, we were we were all hoping and expecting. But none of that happened. Was it this is where we are Sunday afternoon against UAB and uh, I think the Tigers will win the last home game of the year. Can you believe that? We talked about first day of, of March, and it got here fast, and Bruce Marshall said it felt like it really did feel like last week was Thanksgiving, yeah. and here we are. I mean, it, it really um, <laughs> it's fast. I mean, I, I was telling you last week, or maybe maybe this might have been while you were out, uh, Brett, and it was just Johnny and I, but you know, I was talking about how I was looking at kind of the slate of games one night, and I realized – Holy cow. A lot of these teams only have two or three games left on their schedule and that's kind of when it hit me of man this season's almost done. It feels like it just started and that's I mean with the beginning of the season so much football and basketball mixed in and then you know conference seasons there before you know it. I mean the basketball seasons go by very fast. And boom then it's it's senior day at a lot of yeah. places and, and and that that starts kind of the Emotional, you know, not 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 sad tears, but it's happy sad tears on senior days. But we're getting down now to the a, a loss 
just not many losses left in people at this time of year. No, no, there's not. And that's uh, kind of the, the spot the Tigers are in is, you know, obviously they control their own destiny in terms of winning games, but they also would like for some of those other bubble teams to struggle down the stretch. But you're to the point where you know, we're talking only one or two games for, for most people. And so for the teams that are in, that's obviously beneficial to them. But the teams that are out and need to do some work, that can kind of hurt you. Yeah, last night was simple, easy. Kind of hope for that Sunday, and then you know the the, the shot next Saturday at FAU, the early game, national TV, CBS game. Yeah, uh, beat beat them, and with some other movement around the college basketball world, you know maybe have that as Jason Munns talked about, have that have that net improve, get into higher fifties. Fifty nine is a good number in Memphis. Get yeah. get in those higher fifties. And and then you know hope, hope the bubble breaks your way. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, certainly still work to do, but we'll see what they can do Sunday uh, at home against UAB for Senior Day. I, I'm pretty confident in what they can do. I really like the way this team's been playing. Well, Sunday is when the Tigers will be in FedEx Forum tonight. The Grizzlies back in FedEx Forum um, for the back to back tonight against the Trailblazers. Tomorrow night again uh, against the Trailblazers. And both uh, Jonah Dillon, um, Drew Hill, and Michael Cole all reporting um, that both Luke Kennard and John Conchar will be out tomorrow. So we talked earlier about all the injuries going on right now. Luke Kennard and John Conchar were both listed as doubtful. Now both will be out, according to Jonah Dillon, um, who helps out with coverage for the Grizzlies at the Commercial Appeal. Gigi Jackson will play tonight, according to Taylor Jenkins. He was listed as questionable. Also, uh, it sounds like uh, Jaron is, he was already ruled out tonight. Um, Says like, sounds like they're going to see how he's doing tomorrow see if he can go tomorrow but it might be a couple of days before we see uh jaron back out there game number 60 tonight so that means tonight including tonight there's there's 23 to go and it's it's get to the finish isn't it it is it is and we knew we would kind of get to this point i mean it's still fun to watch these guys go out there and play but it's starting to sink in especially it's with less these injuries it's it's less <laughs> it was more fun two it, weeks ago it, it was and now when you've got you know jaron out and luke out and and john conchar out it's starting to be okay these injuries have piled up all season long yeah. let's get to the finish line and, and let's start talking off season let's start talking draft free agency and get ready for next year do you do you kind of wish if this had to happen you do you wish it would have been next year to get the the phenom um to be in that mix for him because there's not that player this year yeah that's a good question um I don't know because I I still don't love the 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 Grizzlies chances at being number one I'm sure you'd be tanking a lot more um if it happened next year and you had kind of that that prospect. I just think this this Grizzlies team's in a good spot where if you can just add one more piece, you, you're not really looking for a starter out of this draft, I don't think. We talked to DeMichael on Monday, and he said he doesn't really trust any centers. He thinks that if you go out and get a center, it'll be through either free agency or a trade. So you're likely looking at somebody to come off the bench. So I think with where the Grizzlies are in terms of maybe go for it status, I think I'm I'm happy it happened this year to try to get back on track next year. And sometimes those best laid tanking plans can really come undone. Mm-hmm. You know, the year the Grizzlies fell to two. Yeah. I still say you'd rather have John Morant than Zion Williams. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 Bryant didn't it sp- speak volumes that 
week-and-a-half debate of the next LeBron, you never heard anybody say Zion. No, no, not at all. And so, uh, you know, you're right. Uh, obviously, if the Grizzlies had, you know, won lottery night and come out with the number one pick, they very clearly would have drafted Zion Williamson. And, and we I, would be thinking, we're cursed. Absolutely. We're never getting a break. Absolutely. And But it, it worked out, and, and now you've got John Morant, and obviously – Hadn't been able to be on the court this year, but in terms of on court, I mean, one of the the more most talented guards in in the NBA right now, and if he can, you know, get back to what he was doing before his injury next season, I think you absolutely won that draft, and it was all because you just lost out on that number one pick. SEC this weekend, and the hopes of nine bids of. I think it's really turned out. Just hang on to the seven. Here, yeah. Here's the net for the SEC. Tennessee's five. Bama, six. They play tomorrow in Tuscaloosa. Auburn, seven. Kentucky's 20. Mississippi State's 31. Florida, 34. South Carolina, 47. And then you dip down a little bit to A&M, 58, and then it really falls off yeah. to Ole Miss at 78. LSU, 89. Georgia, 98. Arkansas, 125. Missouri 149 and Vanderbilt after a win on the road at 214. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and, and you know we've been kind of saying this for a while about, you know, these these brackets and the nine teams from the SEC that it just seemed like at some point one, two, you know, a couple of those teams were going to fall off and and it was going to be hard always it seemed like it was going to be hard to get nine teams in. Could South Carolina play out? <sighs> Uh, you know that's a that's a really good question. They I think really need to take care of business tomorrow because that would be um, you know at home against a ranked Florida team would be that kind of good win, get back on track and and uh, and you know stay in. But it's and, not it wouldn't easy. crush them if they lost. No, but if you lose there, lose to Tennessee, there you go. tough road game at Mississippi State, you lose that one, and then maybe get picked off early in the in the SEC tournament. That's it. That's really when you get uncomfortable. So I think your best shot is just go ahead and take care of business, win against Florida tomorrow, and then we're we're pretty comfortable. Tomorrow, a loss at home to Florida is the anatomy is the anatomy of four straight and being left out. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's really when it when it gets tough, and uh, and so I think that's going to be a big one tomorrow to start the day at eleven. I think South Carolina really needs to win that, and then you feel comfortable. You get that one out of the way. A loss against Tennessee, you beat Tennessee. Perfect. Loss against Tennessee is not going to hurt you at all. Loss at Mississippi State, maybe do a little bit. Um, but if you get that win against Florida, I think you're I think you're feeling really good. Brian, used to, I would say about Florida, watching them this year, different pieces, kind of young, I would say they're next year's team. Yep. You can't say that about anybody anymore. No, no. I mean, and, and just like we were talking about earlier with, with Nicholas Jordan, okay, great. He said it last night, but... That could very easily change in you know when the Tigers are, are completely done for the season. I need to see him enrolling for first session of summer school. Well, and, and and Brad, I need to see more than that. I mean, what we've seen now with with you know Mikey Williams, obviously different situation there. JJ Taylor deciding to transfer in the middle of the season. I need to see him on the court before I really believe anything. <laughs> Opening um, nights when you really it, believe it. it. It really feels like it, and so uh, you know it, that's everywhere. You know, a team that looks really good and is really young, and you know you get another year of them, it's all up in the air because very easily one player leaves, two player leaves, three players leave, and now you have a new team. Probably more of a summertime topic, a lot more time than the next minute and a half if right. we're going to give it. But it, it, 
can can we sustain in college basketball and even in college football that much just we're fans of the clothes, of the uniforms, of the school, of the fight song. Don't we need to know them a little bit longer and a little bit more? Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the kind of hard part of it is, is you know, you get so used to with, with college football, with college basketball of, okay, look, we've got, you know, especially college basketball where you only have 15 guys on a roster. Okay, look, we've got these three freshmen coming in. They're probably going to sit that first year, but we're going to learn about them. And then that next year, you'll start seeing them. By the time they're a junior, senior, you know well, everything about them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of the whole team. You get those guys Jeremiah Martin. coming. Jeremiah Martin, perfect example. Um, you'll get those one and dones, but obviously it's not the entire team, and now it's kind of turning into every year is a one and done opportunity because um, you can just easily transfer. And so I think it is tough. I mean, I think you know what was it? Just I feel like you were getting into conference play before people really felt like they they even knew the the roster and, and knew who the guys were on the court. And we never got to know Carl Sharon No, no, didn't get to know him. Certainly didn't get to know J.J. Uh, Taylor before he transferred. Mikey Williams that didn't even get to see his face. And, uh, you know, those are your freshmen that you brought in. And so I think it's it's really hard to, to kind of keep that of, oh, we're going to know them, we're going to love them, because everything can change in just uh, in just one year, really, uh, a couple months. But uh, that's that's definitely a, a topic that we can get back into in the summer because I think it's a really good one. But let's go ahead and uh, get to our final break of the day. And when we come back, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll wrap up this week with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. This is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today, I actually learned it yesterday, but it was going on during our show, and so uh, I didn't bring it up. But Caitlin Clark, the sensation from Iowa, has announced that she is going to declare for the 2024 WNBA draft. And uh, obviously what she has done at Iowa last season, this season, uh, just incredible. Um, And then uh, right after that, the Indiana Fever, who have the number one pick, literally just seconds after she announced that, tweeted out, hop on board with a link 
for season tickets, followed by a tweet that says, We're just simply reminding you that we're only 46 days away until the 2024 WNBA draft and reminding everyone that they, in fact, have the number one pick. So it doesn't seem like Indiana is going to be doing any uh, hard research on all the top players in the WNBA draft. Sounds like they have their player, and it's going to be Caitlin Clark. Yes, they can hand the pick to the commissioner now. That will take all of about a second, and that was a waste of a half a second. For them to take her. What I learned from nine to seven bids and all these mock brackets for the SEC and uh, who's really the go to the final four team. Historically, it's Kentucky. I don't think that's the case now. And, and who do we trust to really get to the final four? Do we trust Nate Oates? Do we trust Rick Barnes? I trust Bruce, Bruce Pearl. I, I think he is the coach, but, but right now in the standings, his team is sixth. In the SEC. Wow. Wow. It's going to be interesting in the SEC to see how everything shakes out in the regular season and then in that conference tournament. What I could have done without today, uh, Fanatic CEO Michael Rubin uh, spoke today on MLB jersey criticism. For those who don't know, the jerseys are Nike, but Nike outsourced it to Fanatics, and they have been the actual ones uh, producing the jerseys. Obviously, nobody's a fan of them, the the jerseys or the pants. Uh, This was the quote uh, from Fanatics today. Quote, we're, we've purely been doing exactly as we're told. We've been told we're, uh, we're doing everything exactly right and we're getting the blank kicked out of ourselves every day right now. That's not fun. Normally when I get beat up, it's because I actually did something wrong. So he's shifting the blame. He's saying this is not on us. We were told how to make the jerseys. We made them and now everyone's pointing at Scrap us. Scrap it and start over. I say let's just pull the jerseys from last year out roll with those those were great these are hideous i got a theory okay i want you to investigate this all right i'm saying like the la on the dodgers hat uh-huh. the ny on the yankees uh-huh. hat the stl on the cardinals hat uh-huh. i'm saying they're all bigger and more pronounced than they used to be interesting well that would be that would be interesting because the the big problem with the lettering on the backs of the jerseys are they're too small so that would be very interesting if that is, um, except you know the Royals had some sort of agreement with Nike in the offseason that they would keep their letters big and bold, and I guess no other team did that. It's just the Royals. So if you watch a Royals spring training game, their jerseys look fine. They look and, and the exact same. The history of baseball, part of the timelessness of it, mm-hmm. is you can count on that uniform. You can count on that yeah. on, on, on that 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 look. You can count on that being there. Ooh, and now it's a mess. No, you can't. You can't count on it. Could have gone without. Of all the bad losses for the Tigers, Rice at home is the one. Mm-hmm. It's the tra- it's the tragic loss. Two twenty two in the net, impossible to explain, and could be impossible to overcome. Yeah, it really could. I mean, we talked about it earlier, about you know three hours ago at this point. Of if you could take away one loss, it would have to be just against one. Rice. I mean, it'd be- and got back in the lead in that game. Sure did. Yeah, late thought thought they came all the way back and and we're gonna win it and just be a scare. And ultimately, they were not able to do that. Where are you beaming to? To Tuscaloosa yeah. for the fame first Saturday in March. Coffee table books will be written That's about right. it. The subject, Tennessee at Bama at Coleman Coliseum, game day there. Reese Davis has to start with fame 
first Saturday uh, in March, doesn't he? I, I hope so. I hope so. That'd be beautiful. the Bama guy he is and the uh-huh. football lover he is. Oh, I hope so. That would be that would be great. Be me tomorrow noon on ABC. Seventh ranked Kansas on the road against fifteenth ranked Baylor should be an unbelievable Big Twelve game. Kansas really struggled in their last game. No Kevin McCullers. Their rotation is extremely thin right now. Baylor's got some young guys they're having to rely on. And also, the bad thing about watching games at Baylor is that camera is just so high. I feel like I'm it right really above the court. It's ugh, it's not my that's favorite. Got, that's kind of the old Oklahoma State camera yeah. view. Uh, also, this weekend, I mentioned a lot of Blazers this weekend. Portland tonight, mm-hmm. tomorrow night, Portland Trail Blazers and UAB on Sunday afternoon at FedEx Forum. The Tigers, they need Virginia to beat Duke at Cameron. That will help. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be a game to keep an eye on uh, over the weekend. But a really good slate of college basketball games. We're getting closer and closer to these conference tournaments. NBA continues to roll, so it should be a really, really fun weekend of sports. That's all the time we have. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you again Monday afternoon.